depending on the type of business that you're going to buy, that will determine the level of expertise that you need. Buying and selling businesses just got a lot easier. Welcome to the Web Equity Show, where thousands of successful entrepreneurs go to learn about buying, growing, and selling online businesses. Your hosts, Justin Cook and Ace Chapman, share their real-life advice, examples, and expert interviews to help you build and grow your own online portfolio. Now to your hosts, Justin and Ace. Welcome to episode 11 of the Web Equity Show. I'm your host, Justin Cook, and I'm here with Ace Chapman, my co-host, and we're about to get it on. We're talking how can non-techies buy online businesses, and we're going to go into quite a few details about that today. Yeah, when it comes to buying these deals, I think a lot of people are intimidated because they don't know anything about the technical side. So we're going to talk about some ways around that and the truth when it comes to doing these deals and being a non-techie. Yeah, everyone wants to know, like, what do they need to know, especially as a non-techie? Because you're thinking, you know, I've got my domain here. I've got my hosting account. How do I do all this stuff? Like, what does the site look like on the back end? And people with, like, you know, no skills whatsoever, it's a little intimidating. And for people with some skills, they want to know if what they have is good enough and that kind of thing. And plus, you got the sharks and the snake oil salesmen out there who are just trying to make a sale. They don't care if you do well with the site or not. And they're going to tell you, oh, no, don't worry about it. You don't need any skills. And the bottom line is that's not exactly true. We do a hell of a lot more business if you didn't need any skills at all, right? Like how many deals would we sell? If like, oh, yeah, dude, everyone would be buying sites. But you know, the fact of the matter is that there are some skills that are needed. The good news is, is that, you know, the skills required can be learned and you can kind of get a base of knowledge and expand on those with the sites that you purchase. So you're going to have to have some base skills and we're going to talk about this in a bit. But once you have those, the best way to learn is by doing, right? So you can actually, you know, get a lot more into them once you purchase the site. The good news for those non-techies out there is that neither Justin or I are highly technical. And, you know, we both do deals and we go out, we hire other people that are, and they help us to get these deals done. All right, man, just a bit of an update here. This is the first time we've done the podcast in person, man. So you came out to our neck of the woods. You're in Asia with us. You came out to Manila. You're doing the Asia thing. And we're hanging out here in Manila. We had some dinner. We had some drinks. We had a little bit of fun since you've been here. And it's been great. I mean, it's fun doing a podcast live and in person. So it's, it's great to have you out here, buddy. Yeah, it has been an absolute ball. I'm really loving Asia. You know, I hadn't spent a lot of time out here. You know, I came out, we hung out years ago, and it's my first time back, and it has been an absolute blast. You guys may turn me over to the Asia side. Yeah, the dark side, buddy, the dark side. All right, man, let's do some listener love. We've got a new five-star iTunes review. It comes from Dustin Laverick. It says, five stars, entertaining and informative. Justin and Ace deliver lots of useful information on buying and selling online businesses in a friendly and casual style. Thumbs up. Well, thumbs up to you, Dustin. Thanks for the review, buddy. Really appreciate it. Ace, you know we have more than 5,000 podcast downloads now, buddy. Not too shabby. Yeah, as a podcast newbie myself, you know, 5,000 downloads. I know there are obviously guys out there doing big numbers, but that's unbelievable. You know, 10 episodes in, I can't believe we've got that many. So thanks so much for the support. Yeah, it's funny. When you start doing a podcast, you're like, who the hell wants to listen to me rabble on, right? Like, who are these people that are listening? And then you start to hear from them. You start to have those conversations. And you're like, wow, that's awesome. So glad that what we're doing is helpful to them. All right, man. Speaking of being helpful, it's time for us to be helpful. We've got a listener question from Bakari. Let me go ahead and play that now. Hey, 
So brokers keep asking me for proof of funds. Considering that the sale is going to be composed primarily of seller and outside financing, what do I do when a broker emails me to say that they won't schedule a meeting with a seller without proof of funds? Thanks for the question, Bakari. I really appreciate it. I can tell you a little bit from the broker side, kind of where they're coming from. Now, you know, they don't want to put you on the phone with their seller unless they're sure that you're serious, right? And the thing is, they're trying to maintain their relationship with the seller. They want to make sure that the seller is going to stick with them and know that they're, you know, filtering out and giving them good quality buyers. And so if they, you know, put them on the phone with someone who's kind of wasting their time, doesn't have the actual money to do the deal, you know, that seller may, you know, have some bad thoughts about their broker and it may cause them problems. So really, they're just looking to kind of make sure that you're legit. Yeah, that's the goal of a broker. I mean, you have to keep in mind as a buyer that the broker has a fiduciary responsibility only to the seller. So, you know, they want to get the business sold, but they want to protect their seller. So I give people a couple pieces of advice. Number one, just talk to the broker first. So instead of asking them to talk to their seller, get on the phone with them and try to make a good impression. I mean, if you can work with the broker on that deal or any other deal because they like you, that goes a long way. The other option is to go to your investors and ask them to serve as your proof of funds. If you've got an investor who's interested in working with you, a lot of times they're going to have an account somewhere that has way more money than you even need for that deal. And so you can take that and go to each broker and, and let them know, hey, this is my backer. Here's the funds. And that also goes a long way. The last thing that I kind of tell people they can pull off is when you go to that broker, you're trying to figure out, hey, how can I do this deal? Or I want to do a earnout or some kind of thing like that is be upfront. Tell them, hey, you know, I'm planning on doing this kind of setup. And there's an upside and a downside to that. The upside is you're being upfront. You're letting them know I'm going to get creative with this deal. The downside is they may not do every deal that way, but when they do have a motivated seller, they're going to come back to you and say, hey, here's a deal that we can do that on. So you've got several options. And I actually have spoken to Bakari. He's a, a young hustler up in New York City. So thanks for calling in. Thanks for the question. Hopefully that helps. Yeah, the other thing I'd add, Bakari, is you know when you're trying to get on the phone with a broker, they're going to be able to tell relatively quickly, you know, whether you seem like a good candidate for the seller. So by just presenting yourself well, pointing to any other deals you've done. So have you ever bought any other sites? Have you sold any other sites? And pointing to the fact that you've already done some deals in the past, I think that would help if you've done any of those as well. So really, your whole goal is to prove yourself to the broker. They're kind of the gatekeeper to the deal. Once you can prove yourself to them, they're going to put you in contact with the seller and you can start to do some business. All right, man, let's get into the episode. All right, Ace, today we're talking about how non-techies can get involved in online businesses. And as a non-techie myself, you know, I get this question a lot, you know, from people that, you know, maybe have some skills in the business world, but they're really worried about a website. Like, how do they run a website? You know, what technical requirements are there? How do they, what's a domain? What's hosting? What's all of that? It can be a little confusing. It is interesting as I work with clients that come in from the offline business world 
and maybe they're looking at growing their business through an acquisition and, you know, we're going out and we're looking at deals and they start to come across some Internet deals. I'm like, hey, yeah, you should take a look at them. They're like, oh, I could never own a business like that. Then we get on the calls and actually do the research and start to figure out what it takes to run. It's like, hey, I can handle this. And so it's fun to see that transition from somebody who's not a techie, has no clue, feels like they could never do this stuff and then start to figure it out and end up buying one. Yeah, the whole, you know, I don't think I could ever do that thing, I think is pretty common. It's common when you get outside of like the people that are regularly running online businesses. And that's kind of the world I live in. So it's a bit of a bubble. But when you get out of that and you talk to just regular folks or whatever, regular business people that own small businesses or sold their businesses, they're like, what the hell is going on? And it's surprising. It's shocking to them, actually. They're like, are these, do online businesses really make money? Are they real businesses? They don't really understand how it works. And so, you know, the whole thing's kind of a mystery. And so I think, you know, you're out there talking to, I think, more offline you know, non-online business people. And so you probably hear it a lot more than we do. Like we get, we're kind of preaching to the choir with our company, but you're like out there on the front lines with these people. And so I I think that's kind of interesting. And so we just wanted to have a show where we talk to non-techies and how they can get involved in online businesses and kind of, you know, walk them through it. Because we're non-techies ourselves. I mean, I'm more of an internet geek than you, I think, but both of us are not technically inclined necessarily. So Let's get into it. First thing is, is that there are some skill sets that are going to be required, right? There are. I mean, there's some things that you need to know just the basics of. And, you know, depending on the type of business that you're going to buy, that will determine the level of expertise that you need. You know, I talk to people that may be considering a SaaS business like, hey, you know, sure, you can go and hire somebody to do the programming, but you don't even know how to talk to them and tell them what to do. So you probably want to stay away from that. Yeah. You know, on a basic website, you can get that running, just leveraging a, a WordPress type of platform. And you want to make sure, just like in some of the past episodes, we've talked about different types of deals. You want to make sure when you're going out and you're looking for a deal that you're looking for one that is going to be simple to run. Because there are deals that somebody who's not a technique absolutely should not own. Yes. But getting the basic skill set is easy. You know, learning WordPress. There are a lot of places to go out. I love Khan Academy and Udemy, but just getting the basics of what does it take for me to have a website, be able to update it, do some simple changes here and there, add things and take away things, and all that can be learned really easily. Yeah, for anyone listening, it's, it's even at this, they're like, what the hell are they talking about, WordPress? I mean, I'll dumb it down even more. WordPress is a CMS, which is basically just a really, really easy way for non-techies to run a website. Otherwise, you'd have to learn code. You'd have to know how this code works and be able to work with it. With WordPress, you don't need any of that. It's really plug and play. And so when you log into the back end and you want to write a piece of content or add a page to the site, it makes it really, really easy to do that. Now, you still have to learn it. You still have to understand WordPress. And like you mentioned, Ace, I mean, you can go to Udemy. There's a whole bunch of courses on WordPress, Khan Academy. Like literally just Google learning WordPress and you'll find WPBeginner.com, WP101.com. There's just a ton of sites out there to help you learn WordPress. And, and why WordPress is important is because most sites are built on WordPress. So most of the acquisitions you'll make are typically on WordPress. Now, If you're looking for an e-commerce site, something that sells physical goods, you're probably going to need to learn a different platform like Shopify 
or big commerce. Those are the two big ones. And those are for physical, you know, e-commerce sites. But almost anything else, you know, WordPress is key. And even if you do want to do e-commerce, I still say you learn WordPress, man. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I think it, there's certain skill sets that are just basic that you got to be able to understand. And they're just it's great because today they're so easy to use. I mean, I think back to my very first deal 16 years ago. I mean, we had to build our own content management on the back end of the site. And it was so expensive yeah. and clunky and difficult. But to have these tools where it's easy to go out and gain expertise and that's going to apply to a million potential deals, you might as well gain that at that that skill set if you're gonna get into this space. Yeah, this isn't brain surgery. You know, most anyone listening to this is gonna be able to learn WordPress and you know within a month or two they're gonna have everything they need to know to get started. The second thing I think that people should really learn is content marketing. And you know what content marketing means is basically just putting content out there uh, to your target audience that you know helps them solve problems, that answers questions they have and builds authority for you in the space. Now, the kind of downside of content marketing is at first you're working for pennies, right? So when you start content marketing, you're writing blog posts or you're going to be putting out pieces of content and no one's really going to pay attention. But that's fine because it lets you get your training wheels. It lets you kind of get started with it. And if you're looking to learn about content marketing, there are just plenty of other sites you can go to. I'll name a couple. Smart Passive Income dot com pat over there i think does a really good job with his content marketing both his podcast and his blog the tropical mba.com guys i think do a great job with their podcast and blog as well and they've got great content and then our buddy dan over at wpcurve.com not only is he a prolific content marketer and puts out a ton of content but he's actually building a team right now around that content so he has a content manager and he has other people writing and he has a guest post process and He's just doing a fantastic job with content marketing. So Dan is a great one to learn from as well. Yeah, I'll shout out Dan's book. I just finished his book, Content Machine. I would absolutely recommend that as a starting place to kind of get your, your hands around what is this content marketing thing all about? Because I guess we've definitely got some folks that listen to the podcast that all of this is totally new. And so I remind myself to kind of take a step back and even explain what that means. And so when you're considering trying to get noticed because of the content that you're creating, one aspect of that is doing the work of creating the content. But the other really crucial aspect of that that Dan talks about is getting the content in front of people that are interested in visiting your site or buying the product or doing business and getting your service that that the business provides. So there are two aspects of that. And I do know for some people that are coming into this space from the outside, they get into content marketing and think it's literally, I write content, put it on my blog, and people will magically find yeah, it. Yeah, and then it's just magic, right? I just write the content and people will come build it and they will come. And Unfortunately, that's not the way it works. Yeah, the promotion part is key. By the way, yeah, uh, Content Machine that Dan wrote, I've read a little bit of it. I want to finish it up. I'm a big fan of kind of what he's done with his content marketing. So, yeah, I agree with you. That's a good book, a good place to get started if you want to learn a bit more about content marketing and how it works. So let's talk about getting traffic. When you have a site, one of the things that if you're smart, you're paying a lot of attention to is where's the traffic coming from? Is that source reliable? Is it most likely to continue, or if not at the current pace, it, to increase over time? But 
it's great if you as a buyer are able to come in and not just maintain the traffic that's there, but start to uh, good at some strategy when it comes to driving traffic that any deal that you do, you can go in and leverage. And I've seen clients that, you know, they do one deal, they get really good at maybe PPC or it's content marketing or maybe social media. They get good at one traffic strategy. Then they can go to other deals and leverage that into traffic in another business. And so what you want to figure out is, hey, what am I going to enjoy the most? When you're thinking about SEO, is this is are you somebody that will take the time to do keyword research? Are you somebody that's going to enjoy putting together the content? Are you more of a numbers person and just want to go target paid traffic, pay a certain amount, get return on that investment? via AdWords or Facebook and that kind of thing? Are you somebody who's social and you love being in social media? And this isn't, again, just, oh, put up a post and hope people drive traffic. There's work to social media. And one of the strategies that I, for the first time, am really getting into with one of our deals is affiliate marketing. So you can drive traffic through by basically giving other people a little cut, a little commission when they send you traffic and somebody buys your product. So those are just a few of the methods, but you want to pick out what's one of these that I can get excited about and become a semi-expert at. Yeah, I think, you know, at least one traffic source or methodology is going to be important to learn if you want to get started. And, you know, pick your poison, right? I mean, you're going to have to do at least one of them. I mean, I know, I've known and used all, but I'm not an expert in any. And the reason why we're, we're talking about these is we're not going to be going into depth in, you know, any of these traffic strategies, but we want to give you kind of the different methods that you can use so that you can go figure out which ones kind of make the most sense for you. I'm probably the best at keyword research and SEO. That's the one I understand the best, but we've done paid traffic with, you know, AdWords and Facebook, done some social media promotion, and we've, we've done a little bit of affiliate marketing. It's interesting to hear, Ace, that you're getting into that. I know that can be explosive in the right business model. So it's not something that we use all that much. We've done a little bit of it, but I'd be interested to talk to you more about kind of how that's going for your business. Excellent. Yeah, that's and it is. You want to do it for the right business. We own a ton of businesses actually just getting into that for the first time, and it's an e-commerce product. So it is. It's fun to start expanding and growing some of these skill sets. So the fourth and final skill set that I want to cover is that there's real value in injecting your personality into your business. And the reason for this is because when you're doing business online as opposed to you know someone coming into your store and paying you money and getting their item, there's a whole lot of trust that needs to be had when you're doing business online. And one of the great ways to do that is to be very personable, inject your personality into the business so people get to know, like, and trust you. It's a great way to kind of hack your way into an early level of trust. And that trust is so important when you're doing online business. It's way more important, I think, even than, than offline businesses because, you know, who knows who you are? You could be some, you know, kid in your parents' basement, you know, promising to sell something you don't. Who knows what you're doing? And by putting yourself out there, it's just clear and evident who you are and people can get to know you. This also greatly, in, if you do it the right way, improves the ability to sell your business. You know, I, I, when you can grow a business, inject your personality. We're doing a deal in the photography space right now 
where the person behind the business did the perfect job of having their personality in the business and kind of being seen and having clients that build that relationship. But the other thing that that does and tells a potential buyer is that, hey, this is something that's personal to you. It's not this little side thing that may be a scam and, you know, it could disappear tomorrow. Like you have put your touch and you've definitely been involved in, in this business. And I know for uh, my partner in that deal, you know, that's something that got her really comfortable was, hey, this is a passionate thing. And she could also tell that the seller of that business it really loves it. And so as long as you don't make yourself the complete face and, you know, obviously the URL is your name and, and that kind of thing. And so that it's actually a sellable business. Injecting your personality can actually increase and allow you to sell the business for premium when it comes time to sell. Yeah, my e-commerce site is not going to be justincook.com. You know what I mean? Like that's, the, that's not the way I'm going to go about it. But, but I will, will have, you will see and feel and hear Justin Cook throughout the content and throughout the company because I think having your personality in there is important. What's funny is you mentioned how that's a value add. It can make your business worth more. It just goes to show like you don't know it really depends on the buyer. I know buyers that are like, look, if it has any kind of personality stuff, I'm out of it. I don't want to be involved in that kind of business. So that's when it comes down to just like finding the right buyer because someone's trash another man's treasure, right? So, you know, they're Absolutely. Like, I would never do that kind of business. I would never do business with someone that's too personally involved. The other person's like, yes, I know that they really like this business. It's not some just kind of side gig for them. Their name's on the line. All right, man. So we yeah. talked, we talked a little bit about skill sets. Let's get into, and that's the kind of the bad news, right? The bad news is, you just got to learn some stuff, right? There's going to be a few things that you have to learn. You have to get down. Now that that's out of the way, let's talk about how you can get involved in these online businesses. And the first one is pretty clear and evident. Just buy a business directly, right? So once you've got some of the skill sets we've talked about already, you've learned enough to get started. You can buy yourself an online business and you know understand there's it's going to be a learning experience. And you've got some of the skills, but now you get to really test those skills out in an actual online business setting, right? Yeah, that's when the rubber hits the road, right? <laughs> yeah, you can watch all the Udemy courses you want and follow along, but when you're digging in the back in your WordPress and you break something or you know you don't you forget you know how to do something, that's when you're really going to figure it out. So when it comes to choosing a site, you want to make sure that it just matches the skill set that you've learned. So you do that work, you know, you're going to Udemy, you're watching some videos and that kind of thing. After you've gotten that skill set, it can be a bad idea to go out, get super excited about some business that doesn't leverage what you're good at. And I see that a ton where people want to buy business, they fall in love with a business and it's just not the right business for them. Yeah, let's say that you did learn the Shopify platform, you know you want to do an e-commerce business and you've kind of dug into content marketing, and that's the one you want to mess with. But this business requires paid Facebook and AdWords traffic, and that's not something you know at all. And you know you can buy it and try to figure it out, but it would have been better to learn at least you know have that arrow in your quiver heading into buying the business. So you know I think something that's important to remember is that as a buyer, you shouldn't forget that you're competing with other buyers, right? So there are other people in the space. It is a competition. And getting good at a very particular skill set doesn't allow you to target or purchase sites that others can't do. So, for example, and I've used this example before, but 
let's say that you get really good with working with virtual assistants and basically, you know, building a team. And there's a business out there that, you know, requires, you know, a bunch of owner's hours in terms of customer service and in terms of getting on the phone, in terms of doing chat support. That's going to be not attractive to some other buyers, right? So they're going to kind of self-select themselves out of that one. But it may be a great opportunity for you because there are other people not interested in that type of business. So because you've got that skill set of having a team in place and working with virtual assistants, that's a business you can take over where other people can't. So, you know, it's kind of a competitive advantage you have against your competition, which are other buyers. I think that's such a great way to decide which skill sets that you want to go after. If you can focus on the things that nobody else wants to do or nobody else really has and go after those specific deals, that can give you a huge strategic advantage when you're looking at buying those businesses. Agreed, man. All right. Second way you can get involved in these online businesses is to find a technical partner or a technical co-founder. What, when I'm doing this, I love to figure out where I can find somebody that is close to home. It's awesome if you can sit down with a person that you're working with, you know, actually on that e-commerce deal that I mentioned that we're doing some affiliate marketing on. That's a partner that I'm working with that's based in Tennessee. And so we're able to have coffee. We can chat and talk about the business. You know, last time I was in the U.S., we got to sit down, get updates and that kind of thing. And that becomes a really powerful thing. But, you know, we do live in a worldwide economy now and there are people you can connect to people through social networking all over. You know, I see deals being made on things like Reddit, which is really neat. And one of the things that we've done a lot of is try to match people that are perfectly matched for a particular deal. So let's say that in our buyers network, we have two people. One is amazing at PPC. Another is amazing at social media. Maybe another is has the money. And we can match those three folks together and do a deal. And everybody kind of brings their own thing to the table. But however you put together the deal, you want to find somebody that has the complementary skill set. You don't want to go, if you're amazing at content marketing, you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense to go and have another person that's great at content marketing. Exactly. And like you said, Ace, if you can use your kind of current network or the people you already know to find that technical co-founder, you know, you're going to only be one or two levels removed from that person. You are going to have people in your network that know them and can vouch for them and that kind of thing. And, and honestly, if you don't have people in your network that you can connect with that can kind of introduce you to potential partners, then you need to get out there more, right? You need to make more connections because this is important not just for finding a co-founder or partner, but for finding you know other people that may potentially be partners that you can work with or finding customers or finding strategic partners and things like that as you continue to grow your business. So I think building your network is really important. And one of the ways you can do that is through online communities. You already mentioned Reddit, and I'm not saying Reddit as a whole. I'm talking about like particular subreddits where you can get involved in that community and start to get to know some of the other players there. You can also look at private communities like Dropship Lifestyle, our buddy Anton over there, you know, Dynamite Circle, the Tropical NBA guys. There's a live event you can go to called Rhodium Weekend. That's in Vegas, and that's with some guys that bring people together about buying and selling websites and online businesses. There's a community called Builder Society with a bunch of people that are building sites. So there are all these different communities you can get involved in. And once you start 
talking in there, asking questions, answering questions as best you can, you're going to eventually, you know, kind of separate the jokers from the people that you think you could seriously work with and you could start to make those connections. And it's a lot better than some of the other options that we're going to talk about here in just a second, I think. Yeah. You know, and some of those other options, one is going and just hiring a service or becoming a part of a community where specifically people are looking to connect with other co-founders. And, you know, some of these sites are cofounderslab.com. There's founder to be, there's techcofounder.com, you know, founder dating, and there's an upside and downside to those. Obviously, everybody there is looking for a specific thing. You're not just on a random forum talking and looking for people. But, you know, sometimes you, because it's like dating, <laughs> everybody's going to put their best foot forward. Whereas when you're in a forum or you're talking to people in a thread like Dynamite Circle, people are just being themselves. They're not trying to put up a front to get you to want to partner with them. And so you can see a little bit about who a person is and then connect with them based on just who they really are. Yeah, I don't like the cold connections that come with places like you know founder dating or whatever. But what I do like is that if you're looking for a co-founder, why not go to the place where all the co-founders hang out, right? So like, yeah, I yeah. mean, this is, if you, you want to meet some of the party, you got to go to the party and this is where the party's happening. So yeah, I think those can be helpful. I would look to your network first and I would look at communities that you're already involved in second, but I think, you know, that these services can be valuable. One thing I'll mention is a warning is that you don't want to be that guy, right? You don't want to be the idea guy who comes in and says, Hey, I have this amazing idea. I just need you to build it and run it and make it work. And we're going to make millions of dollars. You know what I mean? Don't be that guy. That's just irritating. So no one's going to want to partner with you because you brought the idea. Think about the skill sets that you actually bring to the table. Don't just expect your partner to do all the magic that makes it happen, all the operational work. What do you bring to the table? Why are you a good co-founder for them? And I think, you know, just like dating, you need to look at yourself and like what you can do to improve how you can be better, you know, in a relationship, treat someone better, and that's going to attract the best business partners you can find. Let's talk about finding next uh, somebody who is either a hustler or somebody who either you just feel like they've got what it takes to run a specific business and you can invest in. I like this one. So let's say you've got the cash, right? And you don't have the technical expertise and you don't really want to learn. I'm not going to sit around and watch some Udemy videos. I'm just not going to involve in that. One of the things you can do is look to dozens of niche site builders that are out there. They're currently building these sites. They're hustling up, you know, building a business around these, you know, online businesses and they're out there publicly. They have blogs talking about it. They're sharing kind of their successes and failures. And for the dozens of people that I know that are in this space, there are hundreds that are doing it behind the scenes that just aren't blogging about it. So there are people out there that have got the chops, that have got the hustle, that are out there building these sites. And with some capital and maybe some strategic expertise on your end, you could set up a deal with them where you're fronting the cash, they're doing the work and working it out. So here's the third thing you can do that I think is really interesting. Let's say that you have some cash, right? But you just don't have the time to sit down and actually learn how to use WordPress and Udemy or, you know, you're not going to be learning SEO and keyword techniques, but you've got the cash and you'd like to see, you know, what you can do with it. One of the things you can do is find a hustler, find someone out there that's already in the space and having some success that you can back or that you can invest in. 
And the truth of the matter is, is that there are dozens of people out there right now with you know, blogs where they're talking about what they're doing. So they're building these sites, they're building profitable sites and online businesses, and they're, you know, sharing their experiences, their successes or failures publicly. And for every one of those, there's, you know, dozens or hundreds that are doing it privately. So there are people out there that you can connect with, find them, you know, connect with them, and then invest in their growth and their business as more of a passive role. So there is a way for you to get involved that doesn't involve you actually doing all the work, but involves you backing people that are. Yeah, I love that idea of going after people that are being public. I mean, there are the folks that have kind of, quote unquote, made it that are have larger profiles. But, you know, there's so many people that are at the beginning of that. And they're talking about, you know, the struggles and getting started and starting from scratch, which most people listening to this know I'm not a fan of. And so if you can come to the table and tell that person that is willing to do all of that work, hey, I'll allow you to kind of leapfrog into a business that's already working that's similar to what you're trying to get done. That That's such a powerful opportunity for them and a huge benefit for you because you get to skip a lot of that skill set stage and have a partner that is already out there in the trenches. Yeah, I'll give you an example. Let's say there's a builder out there. He's got, you know, six to eight sites. They're making somewhere between five and $10,000 a month in total, right? Which is doing really well. But if he had a guy like you who has the cash, who has the interest in getting involved and maybe some additional skill sets or things that you can bring to the table, additional value, you can work out a deal with him where you can buy these businesses, he can run and grow them, and you guys can both profit. Yeah, it's a powerful way to do deals. And, you know, I've invested in a lot of hustlers. And if you find the right person, it's a win-win scenario. So I think it's something that is underutilized and a huge opportunity. So here's an interesting way to do it, too, I think, to reach out to them. So let's say that, you know, you're not really sure about the bloggers or whatever. You're not sure. But you know there are people behind those bloggers that have the skill sets or the chops that you want to work with. Contact those that are public, that have the blogs, that have the communities, and say, hey, look, here's what I'm looking to do. I'd love to write a guest post with you that basically lays out my offer, explains what I want to do, and then starts an application process. You're then going to get a bunch of people that apply that you know may or may not have the skill set. You'll have to weed through them and vet them. But that's a way to kind of open the door to get these people contacting you. And really, you know, you're going to have to vet them just as you would any employee, maybe even harder than that. And you know, I wouldn't just say, hey, you know, here's the deal. I've got. $200,000 budget, you know, good luck. I'll give it to you and you can go do whatever you want with it. You know, there's not to be trust built there. So what you can do is offer up to X amount of money, but it's going to have to be spent on hard costs, obviously buying the site, any improvements that need to be made. You guys are going to sit down together and they're going to have to give you kind of their strategy for building out these sites. And you can start to work through that. Now you're putting up the cash, keep the domain, everything in your name, but have them do the work and you guys split the profits to whatever you know deal that you find agreeable. I think there's a great way to do it. If you've got the cash, don't really have the time to learn, but want to back some people that are already having success. You can piggyback on their success and double or triple their effectiveness. One of the other things I would recommend is you want to do everything Justin just said, as well as start with a small project. You know, don't take your life savings tie it up with a complete stranger, even if you're vetting them, and then, you know, kind of pray that everything works out. Get a smaller deal first, 
kind of learn each other's, learn their intricacies. And if there's somebody that you're going to want to work with long term, and then you can expand to that larger deal. Yeah. I mean, when you put out there, you do a guest post on someone's site like that and say, Hey, I've got 200,000. I want to do business. You're going to have a lot of people contacting you. So you have to be pretty careful with who you work with and, you know, keep the money close to home until, you know, there's some trust shown and, you know, they've kind of proven themselves by working on these sites. All right, man, last point I wanted to bring up, and I think this is an interesting one. So we're going to flip the tables here a bit. Let's say you don't have the cash, right? You want to. You want to get involved in these online businesses, but you don't have the cash to buy one outright, at least not one that would make enough to be interesting. I say that you can go find an apprenticeship or go work for a company that you'd like to own someday. You're going to get the skill sets. You're going to learn a ton about that business and be involved in that business and Maybe you do have the cash. Maybe you can actually use it as a door opener to eventually either invest in or purchase the business. But, you know, I actually know a ton of online entrepreneurs and business owners that regularly offer these types of apprenticeships where you come in, you learn the business, they, you know, open the, the books and the doors to you in the hopes of kind of bringing you on board as a long-term employee, as a long-term, you know, part of the company. And either you're going in with cash with the intention to get close and see if there's a way you can invest or get involved deeper, even eventually buying the business. Or if you don't have the cash, you're at least learning the skill sets from people that you'd like to emulate and, you know, from a business that you'd like to own someday. This is actually how I got my very first deal. And without trying to get it, reached out to be an intern with the business. And it turned out they wanted to just sell the business and gave me pretty much a sweetheart deal to take it over because they were moving on to another project. So it's a great way to build a relationship. And maybe they don't want to bring you on at that point as an apprentice. But, you know, you've made that introduction and you're able to talk to them when you do get that apprenticeship. It's a valuable opportunity to be able to learn a ton in a short period of time and a lot of times get paid for it. There's no, you know, even if you're earning a really low salary, the real value is that otherwise you would be learning that skill set and maybe paying somebody else to learn it. So, you know, if you're going and you're going to take a WordPress course and you're going to pay to learn about WordPress. Well, in this case, not only are you not having to pay for it, but you're getting a little money while you learn these different skill sets. So that's a huge opportunity. Yeah, you're getting paid to do it. And you're also learning a lot more about the business than just that individual piece. And you know, you're going to have to learn quick because they're going to need you to do a good job at it. They're going to need that for the company. So, you know, I'm going to put a bunch of links to, you know, current apprenticeships in the show notes and then previous apprenticeships. So you can get an idea on what this kind of looks like and what it feels like and, you know, what types of positions are out there. I think you might be surprised at the opportunities and they're not great pay. But even if you've got cash, like you don't, I mean, you're not really doing it for the pay. You're doing it for the connection. And it gives you an opportunity to kind of get connected in that community and bring some skill sets to the table that they're going to help these entrepreneurs that you may ultimately want to buy their business. The other thing is, you know, you don't have to wait around for an apprenticeship to open. You know, there's not a ton of them that I know of that are always available. There's a few here and there, but you can actually create your own apprenticeship. I saw a great video by this guy named Charlie Hohen. He did a TEDx talk where he talked about kind of a new way to work. And, you know, it's basically, you know, coming to companies and it's an approach 
that is, you know, humble, that is helpful, and that solves a problem these companies have and like makes it like a no-brainer to basically bring you on and hire you. And so I'm going to link to that in the show notes as well. If you haven't seen this video, no matter where you are kind of in your entrepreneurial career, I would highly suggest checking this out. The people that come to you looking for jobs that use this approach, I think are fantastic. And if you need to use it or want to use it yourself, I think it works really well as well. So let's wrap up this episode, man. For anybody who's out there, whether there's somebody with cash and they want to go and find somebody to partner with that has a skill set and the hustle, or there's somebody that maybe has the hustle and they're figuring out the skill set and they need to find some cash, we've given both of those folks some alternatives that most people aren't really considering. All right, man. You know, first things first, let's get back to the bad news. And there's just no way around it. You're going to have to have or learn some skills and the skills we mentioned specifically, you know, WordPress. I just got to learn WordPress. If you really want to get an e-commerce, it would probably be Shopify. I'd add that to the list. I think that's important. You're going to have to learn content marketing. It's important. You're going to have to learn some aspect of content marketing, both how to do the content and then how to promote that content and get it out there and get people interested and get their attention. As you mentioned, you know, we're going to have to learn at least one traffic method or source, possibly multiple traffic methods. And, you know, you can't just build it and hope they come. These are going to be tools that allow you to bring the customers, bring the people to the site and the business. And then the last skill set I'd say is you need to inject your personality in the business because the internet is so reliant on trust. That's a great way for you to hack that trust early on because you know you're showing more of yourself and it is going to bring people in and people buy from people they know like and trust and that makes it easy for them to buy from you yeah the good news on the other side of that is there are things that have to be done but it's not brain surgery you can definitely pick up everything you need to know very easily there's tons of information out there and, you know, aside from even buying a business directly, you can find partners like we talked about. You can find somebody who has cash that's sitting around that they want to invest. You might be able to become the apprentice or employee to learn about the type of business that you plan on purchasing. So there are all kinds of things that you can get started doing right now, no matter where you're starting. Thanks for listening to The Web Equity Show. Now is your chance to be a part of the action. Go to www.webequityshow.com slash gift and send us your business acquisition or exit question and have it answered on the show. 